And now, a transmission now, from the far recesses of space. Brought to you by the Plain Clone Superhero Log of Just Welcome to another exciting episode of Milo and Stormy's Transmissions from Space! This is show 12, Dirty Dozen, motherfuckers! Yes, we can start selling this show in cartons now. Yeah, motherfuckers. Yes, fornicators of maternal figures. Um, we should actually, uh, we should probably, like, put together a collection of all 12 first of the first shows... And release it as, like, uh, the special Milo and Stormy case. Or a case of Milo and Stormy. <laughs> we, we should. We should, like, we should like put up graphics and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and where would you find this stuff? The ABC store. I meant our <laughs> website, playboysuperheroes.wordpress.com. You can also find us on 101.9 Fox FM, the Redneck Riviera. That's Myrtle Beach for those of you playing at homes. Finest, I got bingo. Finest underground metal station. They also have some cool... Uh, podcasting type stuff. We're up there. Uh, DJ Lace does a cool show on there. They make you think, um, and they make you rock. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at PCHS Blog. You can also see us on. Um, that's the only place they can see us. Yeah, feel free to drop us a line. We're very lonely people, so yeah, hit us up at our web. Our, the, our, uh, the Beatles email. wrote that Eleanor Rigby about us. Yeah. They sure did. <laughs> they did. Even though it was written several decades before we were born. Did, did you ever see that uh, that clip of Paul McCartney on Jimmy Fallon uh, singing like the original version of Yesterday? No. You did let me listen to one where he was singing, what was it, the Blackbird song? Yes. No, it was, no, it wasn't Jimmy no, Fallon. No, 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 Somebody that, else was, did it. Yeah, and it was uh, it was Paul McCartney, and he, like, he was talking about how he hated everyone. Yeah, well, how he, how he hated Yoko Ono. <laughs> yeah. John's new girlfriend is a con. And he was going to start his, a new band called Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to put a link to that. Um, That was a a funny parody. That was a quality parody song. But no, uh, Jimmy Fallon, and he told the story in ONA the other week uh, about when Paul McCartney was on uh, his show, and he wanted to sing a parody song that they had written to the tune of Yesterday called Scrambled Eggs. And it was about how, like, he wanted to take women up for scrambled eggs instead of, uh, like, and that's, that was how, it, like, he was just goofing around when he wrote the song. But then they were like, yeah, I really like that, that tune, man. We should, like, make it into something else. And they wrote Yesterday instead, but the song was like, um, and it was like all these different meats and shit that he wanted to <laughs> and, he's, and originally he's like, no, I didn't want to do that. I'm a vegetarian, man. And, uh, Jimmy Fallon was like, come on, it'd be funny. So he's like, well, why don't you do it? Because you do a good me. And, you know, if I like what I hear, I'll do it. And he said by the end of it, like, Paul McCartney was, like, leaning over his shoulder reading the lyrics and laughing his balls off. <laughs> but it's pretty good. You should, uh, you should definitely listen to that. It's really funny. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've ta- over the years, I've become, I've begun taking a shining to the Jimmy Fallon. I'm glad someone has. Um, his, uh, his, 
his impressions are, are really good. Not as good as Jay Moore's. Jay Moore does a handful of impressions that I think are my favorite. Jay Moore does ever. one impression. <laughs> Jay Moore does uh, Christopher Walken, and that's all. No, dude, he does like a hundred. He just does Christopher Walken. He does Tracy Morgan. Christopher Walken. Uh, he does Colin Quinn as Christopher Walken. Um, uh, you know, I'm not gonna play this game with you anymore. But he does. He does Ricky Gervais. He does a Louis C.K. impression, which I thought was. Like, why would you do a Louis C.K. Impro- I have to pull that up for you eventually let you listen to it. Because people are starting to forget who Christopher Walken is. Well, he's he's always done uh, impressions. His Colin Quinn impressions is spot on. Like, you would swear to God you were talking to Colin Quinn. Well, it must be pretty good then, because I know you talk to Colin Quinn often. I've never spoken to Colin Quinn. And not for lack of trying. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't get away from Dane Cook. He just keeps on calling me and calling me. Oh my god, dude! Somebody in O and A made um, uh, this shitty joke about Dane Cook and Jimmy. Um, let me say Neutron. Uh, <laughs> That's Jim, a very different Jimmy. Uh, Jim Norton, uh, who's co-host of the O and A show, ripped. I mean, like unsanctimoniously ripped this person a new one because he's like, he's like, Dane Cook's one of the hardest working fucking comedians out there. He's put out more albums. He takes more shit. People must like him if he's still selling out arenas. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, younger audiences love him. That doesn't mean he's bad. Like I, and I don't hate him. I just don't enjoy his stuff like I used to. I, I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> this might be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I'm gonna. I might get some flack from this. I like Dane Cook, but I can't listen to him more than once. Like I'll listen to one of his specials once, and I'll go, "That's funny," and I'll laugh. But it has no staying power with me. When I re-listen to it, it's gone. It's like he's a he's a one-time comic for me. I tell you who, yeah, yeah. This like, like there's some comedians that listen to forever. Um, yeah, like I can listen to. Ah, uh, 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 fuck! I forgot everyone that I listen to. <laughs> I'll, I'm just gonna say Chris Rock. <laughs> I can listen to Chris Rock over and over and over. I love Chris Rock. I love his new special, Killing the Messenger. The only thing I don't like about Chris Rock is like you. He doesn't like Louis C.K. puts out a special every year. It's brand new material every single year. Chris Rock doesn't put out material every year anymore. Uh, like, he does special every four years, and when he does, like, it shakes the world. Uh, Kill the Messenger, which was done, like, and I liked the way it was cut together in terms of the special, because it was, it was done off of three different recordings. Uh, the Johannesburg, um, at South Africa, London, England, and Brooklyn. He did three theaters in three different places across the world and cut them all together. Uh, and some of it was, like, stuff that you only saw in Johannesburg. Yeah, I, I was watching that on HBO and like in Johannesburg, like they had, like they had like pictures of like lions and like tribal masks in the background and shit. And I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Because like I tuned in late and like he was in like London or Brooklyn, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much par for the course for uh, the way a stand-up segment looks like." And then it showed that I'm like, "Where the hell did that come from?" Well, it's so weird. Why like, is he dressed differently? I'm confused. Well, what I like about it is like like he's. He's in, like, a nice suit in Johannesburg because it's his first time playing Africa. Uh, always wanted to get to Africa to play. Finally got there and was so excited to be there. Uh, London. Hadn't played London a lot. Uh, London's a very different crowd, I've heard. <laughs> I disagree. Um, and then he... In, at Brooklyn, he's wearing a leather fucking suit. <laughs> and I'm just like... And it's not even like, like, oh, is that leather? That kind of looks like leather. It was like a shiny motherfucking leather suit. 
Uh, and just he killed. He destroyed everything. There wasn't anything he said that was unfunny. Like, oh I, yeah, that was a very that was a really great special. I remember. I, I, I was quoting that special for like oh my God. months after I saw it. Like I, I was writing a new a new hour. I'm obsessed every year. I write a new hour whether I perform it or not. Uh, which is weird. Like I have tons of hours laying around that I just don't do anything with. And some of them aren't even that good, but I'm like, yeah, I wrote another hour and I throw it away. That's it. Mm. Uh, but this this latest we, we should start recording our hours and putting it on the site. That that would be cool. Like like just you know we got the equipment to do it. And I, and it doesn't necessarily need to be an hour because that that's I, I hate to go back to that example, but that's how Dane Cook became popular. Is uh, he just uh, record his shit and put it on MySpace? That is true. Yeah, that is. Which, which is true. a name that uh, people haven't heard uttered in a while. Yeah, I, re- I was reading this thing. Uh, someone posted a joke about uh, Facebook's timeline. It's like, if I go back far enough on my Facebook timeline, will I be in MySpace? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny. Um, but like, you're right. Dan Cook is funny for that read. Uh, Dan Cook's funny, but he's not like he's, he's not everyone's cup of funny. tea. So uh, I love Lewis Black. Lewis Black is a great comedian. Uh, he is absolutely fantastic. And to settle a bet, he is the one that did the IHOP joke we talked about several shows ago. I recently oh. heard it on... Um, I, I didn't yeah, remember the that, that, that's his uh, health club. Well, and Lewis Black was somebody who wrote a new special all the time. Like, there for a while, Lewis Black had a new special like every nine months. Oh, yeah, because it was in the late 90s and early 1000s. Like, that was his, like... That was his heyday. People couldn't get enough of Lewis well, Black. Well, people still can't. Like, he's he's only gotten more popular. Uh, because he, like, he's really stark raving black, and then, uh, an, another one. Like, he's still releasing a special year. And he's funnier and funnier every year. I'll tell you somebody who I didn't care for originally, that I just cannot get enough of now, I think this is my comedic tastes have changed, is Jim Norton. Like, I used to think Jim Norton was just the worst, but I love Jim Norton now. Uh, and actually, he recorded a new special, uh, that's coming up, uh, and actually, it's, it's, it's gonna be out, uh, by the time this is recorded, but it's uh, showing on the cable network Epix. I think it's also going to be available on his website. I think eventually Netflix will pick it up and maybe FX. Uh, but it's it's supposed to be really good. Um, two people who you wouldn't think would, and apparently he's close friends with them and does a lot of stuff for them and with them. Uh, but uh, Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne apparently are plugging the shit out of this thing. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> that makes me interested. <laughs> if Ozzy's plugging it, I gotta see what's going on. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of the way I looked at it too. I was, I was like, you know, I like Jimmy on the O and A show. I don't think I'll drive with the stand up. Uh, but then I downloaded his uh, his stand up special, Monster Rain. Uh, legally downloaded. I bought it from iTunes, strangely enough. And I just, I enjoyed it all. Support the lot. official release. Yeah, I do support the official. I'm not just saying that because I could lose my Writer's Guild card, uh, which I could. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you like to bring up is like, yeah, I got a Writer's Guild card. Yeah, it's a you want to see it? No. Well, here it is. I'm at the Writer's Guild, you know. Yep. Uh, what? I mean, like it is like it's just I understand it more now, especially now that we're doing like more and more entertainment stuff. Like when we were in college, I was like, fuck the artist. I'm going to download as much shit as I can. Fuck the system. I need free shit. I'm going to steal Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> well, they, they would probably actually be very proud of you for doing that. Yeah. Well, and then like, like I turn around. <laughs> their managers and uh, the people who work at their uh, label would not be. It's like System of a Down uh, wrote Steal This Album on their CD. Well, because the thing was like, because uh, that, they were working on that CD and it got leaked early. And, uh, like, pretty much everyone already had burnt, like, had downloaded a copy of it. So that was kind of their inside joke. See, I never really cared for them. Uh, but anyway, like, 
I guess harkening back to it, like there are a lot of cool comics out there right now. Uh, and I guess there always have been. Uh, but my favorite nope, right just now. Just recently. My favorite, and you already know who it is. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. <laughs> I am. Well, and I respect him too. Like it's not often I go that like I respect this person. Uh, Louis C.K. Is, is slowly but surely changing the whole like way we do comedy. There was a thing about him on the Chive. They, yeah. He, uh, uh, this morning, uh, yeah, the Chive posted uh, just like bunch of pictures with uh, quotes that he said on it. And I was really happy that one of them was from his show where he was on Fox News talking about masturbation. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really funny clip. He, he's got a cool show uh, that's on FX uh, called Louie. It's one of the better shows I've seen in a long time. FX has got some cool programming like Justified, Sons of Anarchy is really good. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, Rescue Me just wrapped up. Rescue Me was, like I guess, their first really big hit. Yeah, I think that was... The- that was what kind of established them as a legitimate station until then. Like I remember when FX first came out, all they did was play bat, like old Batman reruns, which like, I'm cool the, with that. the Adam West Batman. I'm cool with that. Uh, which I heard that they've sorted out the uh, licensing rights. Right, licensing rights. The licensing fuck. Licensing rights. Yes, that word I can't say. Uh, so that's uh, going to be coming to DVD shortly. Well, if you were at. Uh... If you ever go to a convention where they're selling DVDs, you yeah, but you would buy them. bootleg versions. Yeah, which you I just cannot as, which, believe those bootlegs are. Oh, dude, they they bootleg every like because I used to go like in high school because I was really big into anime, and mm-hmm. I would go and I would buy fan subs of shit that I couldn't get in America, and like now you know with the internet and like the way that uh, distribution set up in America. Like, pretty much any anime that I want is already available for a domestic release, so I don't need fan subs anymore. Uh, and, like, <laughs> but, like, I'll just, like, go to the convention and I'll still see, like, just, like, shit that, like, I can't believe people are selling, like, copies of this. Yeah, like, there's some stuff I'm just like, why would you even want this? Um, like, I, I guess to... And, and, and a uh, legal domestic release is available, you know, just, is easily just available. And, like... Well, I, I, I like what... Because like like the like yeah, there's some stuff that, that you're just like, why the fuck would I even buy this? Like uh, something like like the the Howard Stern show, which no one has been able to get for years, is on DVD. And like a lot of these uh, bootlegs are just grainy. Like somebody obviously just recorded them from somewhere else. But it's, it's still kind of cool to get them. Like I almost bought the Howard Stern collection because I got really into him all of a sudden. Um, but what and, and piracy is like not even a thing. Like you don't hear about it as much anymore. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Last year with the Pirates Bay case. Well, yeah, and the Mega Uploads thing. I guess, yeah, you are, but, like, it's not I, as... I, in fact, piracy has probably never been more prevalent. It's just the... Uh... You don't hear about it as much. What? I don't hear about it as much. <laughs> You're not listening, dude. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Dude, I hear about it all the time, especially, uh, uh, they were talking about, like, for the next Xbox console, um... They uh, they actually like, <coughs> said that they it wouldn't be able to play used games to you know try and you know curve piracy and you know used sales. Well, how, a lot, which they... a lot of game companies see is just as bad as piracy. That's uh, how are they going to be able to tell it's a used game? Uh, you enter in a code. Each game has a specific code. I would That's horseshit. I, I, I'm not 100% sure how it works, but I would think something of that along that nature. 
I'm, I'm going to punch Microsoft into the butthole. <laughs> it, that was just a rumor. So it, it might not happen, but... Well, I just, going back to Louis C.K., I like what he said about piracy, like with his... Because uh, he's... And, and, and I'll, I'll flush out this whole Louis C.K. idea in a minute. But, like, he... Because, he t- like, he's only selling his stuff now on his website. Like, from here on out, anything you want, you get directly from him. You don't have to go through... Uh, a third party, you just go to him, and there it is, you pay $5, and it's yours, and you get, like, funny emails from him every once in a while, and it's like, hey, I know I said I wasn't going to bother you that much, and I know this is, like, the second time in two months, and I'm, I'm really sorry I'm being an asshole about this, but I'm going on tour again soon, so if you're a fan, which I assume you are, and if you're not, just fucking get off the, the mailing list, you asshole. <laughs> I heard that, like, he rips people on Twitter. Oh yeah, it's all, it's all his Twitter is. And on Tribe, like they showed some of him is like some guys like, "Hey man, are you coming coming to Cincinnati, the best city ever?" He's like, "It is the best city ever, except for all the cities that are better than it." Yeah, um, I, I tell you, he's just like he he's like he like some things like you get a formula and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's not really that comic," but then you get something from Louis C.K. and you're like, "I feel like he wrote that just to me." And he did. Because uh, he's, he's got a lot of time on his hands. I, I, I don't, they I'm, need they need to make the seasons of Louis longer so that he's got more to do. Um, but anyways, like like what he said about it was he just like he says on his whenever you buy uh, his special live at the Beacon Theater, which won a shitload of awards, and I strongly recommend you go out and get it. Um, he said like like he just like whenever you downloaded it, it was like a hey guys, I worked really hard on this, and you know I make money on this, uh, not a lot, but enough like to get by with my kids and stuff. And and, then, and he was just like, so could you could you not steal this? I'd really appreciate it. And that was all there was. And like he he him his team scours the internet, and like one person stole it. And then uh, he sent them an email asking them to take it down. They took it down. The guy apologized to him. And that was the involvement. That was that was done. So like like and all he did was just ask. Well, <laughs> and people were like, yeah, yeah that's that's fine. Like so, so that's it turns out that's secure to piracy. They're all doing it because they don't realize it's bad. So everyone torrenting stuff just go and say, hey, please stop. And remember to use please because that's polite. It's the magic word for some people. Not it all people. It is polite. My, my, um, mag- my magic word is rhinoceros. I, I do. Like, I, I just enjoy the way he operates uh, on every level. Like, like a he's, smooth operator. He's a smooth operator. I just enjoy him ecstatically. I spilled something on the carpet. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, show. I'm going to get a paper towel real quick, and I'll come right back. Stormy, keep him entertained. Okay. Do, 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 do. Menomina. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Menomina. Do, 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 Menomina. Second act. Out on the streets. Is where we'll meet. Got a little rat in there for you. Everyone loves rat, except for the people who don't. They don't love rat. That is true. Rat has one good song. They do. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm, I'm sorry about that, guys. That's massively unprofessional. It, it, I do it apologize. It is the worst. Uh, but I also rent where we li- where I live. Up. Oh, no. well, <laughs> you're used to not getting your security deposits back. <laughs> I am, but I'm trying to do better. All right. Uh, here is the the letter he wrote. Hello, folks. I'm going on tour this year from October through February. I'll be all over the goddamn place. This year, I'm trying something new, building on the fun, success, and fan benefit of selling my content online. 
We're going to sign tickets to this tour exclusively here on LouisCK.com. I want to do this if there was a way, like Live at the Beacon, that it could bring the price of the tickets down and make them easier and less complicated to buy. We figured out a way. Making my shows affordable has always been my goal, but two things have always worked against that. High ticket charges and ticket resellers marking up the prices. Some ticketing services charge more than 40% over the ticket price. Ironically, the lower I've made my ticket prices, the more scalpers have bought them up, so the more fans have paid a lot for my tickets. By selling the tickets exclusively on my site, I've cut down ticket prices and absorbed them into my ticket price. To buy a ticket, you join nothing. You just use your credit card and buy the damn thing. Opt into email list if you want, and you'll only get emails from me. Also, you'll see that it was if you try to sell the ticket anywhere for anything above the original price, we have the right to cancel your ticket and refund your money. This is something I intend to enforce. There are some other rules you may find annoying, but they are meant to prevent someone who has no intention of seeing the show from buying the ticket and just flipping it for twice the price from a thousand miles away. Some of these rules may be a pain in your ass, but please be patient. My goal here is that people coming to see my show are able to pay a fair price and that and they be paying just for a ticket. Not also paying an exorbitant fee for the privilege of buying a ticket. Uh, the email goes on. Um, but it's it's something interesting that he's doing. Because um, one, he's forming a very, like, uh, very personal connection to fans this way. And two, like, he is driving down prices massively. Like, I bought uh, Chewed Up originally on Amazon and downloaded it. And it was like $12. Same thing with Hilarious. It was $12. That's not a huge price, but, like, I go through a lot of comedy. And before, like, I would steal a lot of comedy. Um, but and, and but now, like, five bucks, I'm like, fuck, that's $5. I'll buy that. I bought uh, Hilarious, Live at the Beacon Theater, uh, which was amazing. And then I bought his Carnegie Hall special uh, called uh, Words. And it was just awesome. Like, everything, like, he's he more and more outdoing himself. And now he's literally changing the way the business works. He's telling Ticketmaster, fuck you, uh, which limits where he can perform because some of these places are now... It's Live Nation now. Or Live Nation. Well, it's Ticketmaster and Live, and Live Nation's like a sister company or something. I think they com- they merged. Did they? they I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say... I think they... I'm pretty sure they merged. It's now all Live Nation. Uh, which sucks because, like, when he said that charging uh, the service fees... Dude, Live Nation, like, they've gotten better, but, like, they would fuck you with service they fees. really like, do they always have like and um well, like pearl jam went off about it yeah well and that's always blown out of proportion too like oh pearl jam's like the savior pearl jam said something about it and pearl jam went to court they sued them yeah did so, they win no <laughs> no and it was dropped after that it was dropped right ticket, after because ticket master uh with <laughs> they used all the money that they got from those uh service fees and they hired uh <laughs> like insane lawyers that like found loopholes and shit and got them out of it but um but like, i just i like what what he's doing because he's he's finding a way to say fuck you i'm gonna do my own thing anyways and my fans aren't gonna have to pay out the ass to see me like whenever i'm gonna see louie with a with a common friend of ours uh, the tickets weren't badly That's priced. That's not true. They, they weren't badly priced, but like they were still expensive. And now this time around, every ticket to that show is $35. No ticket is, is more than that. And that's, that's a fair price to go see an hour and a half of, of a stand-up comic in a nice theater. Um, like Daniel Tosh tickets. Because I've spent that. $50 on a terrible comic in a horrible theater. Well, like, like you still pay like 30 bucks through uh, Live Nation to get into comedy clubs now. Some comedy clubs are Live Nation owned. Like, you go see a concert, 
Uh, like, fuck, we went and saw Death Cab for a cutie uh, forever ago, and they were 75 bucks a piece to go see Death Cab for a cutie. And they're terrible. Yeah, well, I like them a lot. <laughs> All the people listening to us from the radio station are going to hate them. They probably will. Like, I, I do like some metal stuff. Like, we've seen Cannibal Corpse together and Napalm Death. We've, of course, seen Metallica together. Well, no, I saw Metallica with somebody else, but you were there. Yes. Uh, what, did you set with us? Actually, I did. I was right in front of you guys. That's right. I remember that now. Uh, we saw Metallica together. Uh, we've seen all kinds of stuff at Tremont Music Hall together. So, like, we have seen, like, we do like some good metal. Uh, we saw, we went to an Ozfest together. Yeah. I've, how many Ozfests have you been to? Actually, not as many as I should have. I've been to four. I've, I've only been to a couple. I've been I, to four. I think I've only been to, like, three. Uh, that's weird that I because I'm not even like huge because I'm I'm the metal man and this is just uh and I'm like the the punk rock it's, it's just like guy. it's just like they either like the they either don't come toward close enough towards me or like some of the bands I'm like yeah I've already seen those guys I'm not well, gonna go again I, I guess to put a fine point on it um the, the I guess to hook back to the Louis C.K. changing the business thing um a lot of comics are now starting to do what he's doing Jim Gaffigan just did it. And it enables him to charge $4 for a special and build in a $1 donation uh, to a charity of his choice, which I think is cool. Um, it's sold really well. Uh, Mr. Universe is also probably his best album to date. Uh, Beyond the Pale is the Hot Pockets album, and everyone's like, Hot Pockets! And it was great, but this one, like, I think is his best because he takes his comedy in a very different place. Uh, it's, it's so much Iceland. more... Yeah, he takes to Iceland. That's a different place. But, like he he does like a very like huge like social commentary type thing with it. Uh, and McDonald's is his hot pocket du jour on this one. McDonald's. No, he does the. Bop, bop, bop. Oh, wait, it was da 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 da. <laughs> Mistakes. <laughs> and, but it's it's really good. It's just it's. Uh, I think I said I think I like it at the best out of all of his. I think like Beyond the Pale will be. Uh, we'll stand the test of time. This one might not, but for right now, this one's my favorite. And Aziz Ansari um, has taken a page out of Louis's book and is releasing a special through his website. Uh, and that's really so well, too. It comes down to it. People are tired of paying out the ass for everything. In this economy, you have to pay the ass out. Or pay out the ass for everything you can pay up the ass. Like you do. You pay through the teeth and you pay out your ass. Like, gas. Even if gas is coming down, which you should probably fill up before you leave, it's 309 here. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm definitely doing that. That's a lot cheaper um, than it is in Charlotte. The Murphy's over at the Walmart. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Like, the everyone's like, there's a Murphy's at your Walmart? I don't... Actually, there's a Murphy's at most, uh, at a lot of Walmarts. I don't know what a Murphy's is, I but I... The, two Walmarts paired I, with... I, I know what a Walmart is, so I'm going to look for the Walmart. Uh, but you got to do that. It's like 309. I'm going to crash through the doors of a Walmart. Give me gas. At 309, I'm done... A gallon. I've been promised this price by one of your citizens. <laughs> that, that, that's sad when we're excited over 309 gas. Because when I first started driving, gas was $1.50. Really? Yeah. Dude, it was like 89 cents when I started driving. Okay, well, whoopty fucking do for you. When did you start driving? Well, you lived in Monroe, too. So Yeah, when, yeah. Oh yeah that, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, I lived at a subsidiary of Charlotte. A subsidiary. A suburb of Charlotte. So, yeah, that was probably... Yeah, around the same time. Well, and I lived in podunk version of this place, too. Like, there was a gas war, and gas got down to 85 cents a gallon. Damn, dude. Yeah, whenever I drove that Saturn, it cost me, like, $9 to fill up, and I could go all week. Because, like, yeah, I, I just, I never remember gas being under a dollar. Like, like, I remember it was right around a dollar, 
uh, when I was young. And then, like I said, when I got my license, it was around like a dollar fifty. I, I still remember. I, I would I would fill up on like ten dollars. I would only put ten dollars. I would go to school. Like there was a gas station on my way to school. I would stop in, put ten dollars in, and that would be all. Uh, I, I still remember there was a, there was a new Safeway that opened up next to uh, Park Grove uh, gas station, and Park Grove was like the only gas station there when the Safeway opened up. It started to crush Park Grove because they were able to offer it at a penny less. So everybody was going over there, and their car, and they had car washes and all kinds of stuff. And then, like, Park Grove was like, fuck you guys, we're going from 96 cents down to 94 cents. And then the safe, like, they got to a gas board and it got to 85 cents, and I think they were like, okay, this is as low as we can go, we're not making any money here. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it went back up. I remember the day it broke a dollar. Like, all my friends and I, like, we were driving to, because um, I went half day to, a sec- to another kind of school to, to do computer science stuff. And I remember, like, driving, uh, my friend uh, Matthew was driving us, and, like, we stopped in to, uh, to pick up some Red Bulls, <laughs> uh, so we could be, so that we could be awesome. You get some wings. Yeah. We get some, this is even before the Red Bull gave you wings, it was just... Yeah, I don't, like, I didn't really, like, I, I know Red Bull's been around since the 70s, but I didn't, uh, no, actually, yeah, I did try it in, uh, in high school. Well... I was like, I, I don't think I drank it regularly until I was in college, but, like, yeah, in high school, I went over to one of my friends' house, and they had a uh, Red Bull in the the their uh, refrigerator, and I had no idea what the fuck it was. So I'm like, I need to drink this to find out what it was, and it was terrible. They still are terrible. I like them. You got to develop a taste for them, but like, really I, do, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't finish the first one. Like, I I drank like probably about half of it. I'm like, I just, I just can't do this. It's, I don't even think I realized it was an energy drink. Uh, it's. <laughs> It's strange, like 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 how nostalgic like we get. Like there'll be times like whenever I'm like ever at my parents' house, or I go to see uh, Billy, who's been a, a guest of the show a few times. I'll go to his ha- like I'll go to his house and take the back way home, and I drive by those old gas stations. I get very nostalgic. You travel by their house, though you know they're not home. Well, and like I start listening to like like either music I listen to then, like a lot of early Blink One Eighty Two, or like. Uh, Weezer's Green Album, or I go the other way with it, I start listening to, like, nostalgic new indie music, and, um, both are awful. (laughs) (laughs) Both are awful choices, because I end up, like, trying to, trying to sing, like, the folks on, um, Blink-182, Tom DeLonge, I think is his name. And then they have another singer, too. uh, Mark Hospice. Yeah. And then Travis Barker, the drummer. Yes. A few weeks ago, I couldn't remember all three of them. I couldn't remember, I only remembered one of them, now I remember all three of them. Um, I'm proud of that. You you should. You got an Real award. Yeah. The Blink One Eighty Two Award. Uh also no they're they're side bands. Uh Boxcar Children and Yeah, no Airways. no one cares. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. I hate you, but uh I guess talk well, once once again I uh, I I say this isn't necessarily that crowd. Well like, this is a metal crowd. Well, it, it we're on a metal station that doesn't mean we're specifically metal. Met, we're I'm metal. You're metal. I, I will not. I will not. Hear I love you. metal music, like especially like old le- metal music. It, it like, seems like you're trying to convince her. I'm really into metal. Speaking of which, if I remember, steel, to pick, tungsten, <laughs> titanium, I'm, they're all great. Ten. <laughs> I'm really. I, I'm, if you let me, I'm gonna try to tell. I'd you rather. Something. I'd rather not. I have something for you. Oh. Uh, a friend of mine's giving it to me. 
It's not herpes, because no, I, I already better. have that. I don't need it again. Way better than herpes, bro. <laughs> uh, and if, if he doesn't forget to give it to me, he worked at a, he works at a radio station, and they gave this to him, and he has like six of them sitting in his closet, and he said I could have one. He is giving me the Megadeth box set. <gasps> oh, snap. Yeah, and guess who it's going to go to? <gasps> me? Yep. I just pooped myself a little bit. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Mega, um, Megadeth is one of my favorites. Yeah, so... If I wasn't uh, a cool, also metal person, I wouldn't know that that was a good gift. Megadeth, that's way too violent. Uh, I think I think the joke was, you know, I, I liked them a lot better in the early days when they were just super death. <laughs> <laughs> that that is actually kind of a, that is terrible. It's, it's a sleeper <laughs> joke, but it's terrible. I hated and loved that joke at the same time. Uh, but. <laughs> Well, I do like some metal. Like, I like I love Ozzy. Like, I love the Black Sabbath scene. I really do like Metallica. Uh, I like a like. I don't like a because you listen to a wide variety of metal. Yeah, it's like like metal can be broken down into like five thousand subgenres, and like and the thing is like each subgenre hates the other subgenre. Yeah, <laughs> like you find you find a genre that you like, like uh. I'm really into thrash. Thrash is probably my favorite of uh, the genres. I like uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, people of that nature. And there's more like Overkill, Exodus, um, and Testament. Now you know and, I love Motorhead. And, and Motorhead's a genre in and of themselves. They really are. Uh, Lemmy can do things with music that I think is only like possible if you are awesome. <laughs> You, you gotta drink a lot of uh, Jack Daniels to do one. Let me do. Well, and like, like uh, I watched this documentary on on Lemmy uh, from Motorhead, the VH1 Classic did, and like he spends his days like sitting around Santa Monica, just drinking. That sounds good. For reals. That's what I would like to do. And like he's he's got this like video poker machine he likes, and that's uh, he plays that video poker machine, smokes, and then like. He uh he has this like tiny apartment that's probably like the size of my first floor, and that's what he lives in. And like, hey, Lemmy, you're an international rock god, and you're worth all like a lot of money. Why do you live in such a small apartment? He's like, well, I've got a good price on it, <laughs> and that's like he, he doesn't care. That's just where he lives, and um, he's just such a cool, such a cool like guy in rock and roll. Um, and I don't know. Everybody seems to love him. Like, and everybody loves him like they love Ozzy. Mm. Like, of course, Ozzy like. <laughs> Well, is, Ozzy has uh, received mainstream attention. Let me has hasn't quite gone mainstream yet. All, people who know him love him, but not yeah. everyone knows him, which was a shame. Um, but I guess like, like we've talked about a lot of rock and roll, <laughs> the rock and roll music the kids roll, are listening yeah. to. Uh, oh fuck, we did this thing like we were we were talking about like rock and roll in class, and I was like, you know, there's a time in this in this nation, like, if you listen to rock and roll, like, you're branded a heretic, and they threw eggs and shit at you. Oh, yeah, because Elvis Presley was uh, seducing women with his dance moves. Well, and Buddy you Holly can't, You was, can't move your hips! And Buddy Holly was, was destroying the children. Yeah. And, like, uh, I was like, I was like, and one of the kids was like, no, that's, that, that can't be true. People did not flip out about white people music like that. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. You need to listen to this. I was like, it is truly disturbing how... How just vicious this Buddy Holly character was. Uh, and I, t- I put on Peggy Sue and they're like, oh my god, are you serious? I was like, yeah. They would line up and burn his records alongside of Elvis and the Big Bopper's records. Because th- this kind of music was destroying children. They're like, that is no... Like, if you look at... 
like you look at Buddy Holly versus like what passes for just mainstream uh, like uh, pop rock. Like they, it's almost like like the pop rock stuff would have killed people in the fifties. Oh yeah, they're they're not even trying to have. Ha, there's like there's no subtext. It's like it's like the straight. I'm gonna fuck you. Yeah, like and. Like, I, I enjoy, like, the multiple genres of music, but, like, when I look at, like, when they were introduced, like, and what it meant to that generation, like, rock and roll, like, tore up the fucking streets. Because you went from jazz and, like, swing music and, like, kind of folksy music. Which, which to... also had their uh, distractors. I know what you're trying to say. I don't know what, how is that, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Proponents? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, like... Uh, to a degree, I'm like, holy fuck, are you kidding me, Buddy Holly? But at the same time, I'm like, well, this was a time when, like, boys wore knickerbockers and girls wore dresses down to their ankles. And if you got a girl in trouble, she had to go live in a monastery and give the baby up for adoption. You brought massive shame to your family. Like, this was a time of, like, sexual repression. What's called the Golden Age of America, and, like, things were a lot simpler then. But it's only because, like, people were afraid to express themselves and... It's when the '60s hit uh, that all changed, and like, like we haven't bounced back to a golden age kind of place. And in a lot of ways, that's an awesome thing, like because everyone's expressing themselves, albeit not everybody should. Because <laughs> when some people express themselves, it's exactly the same. Some way. may say that about this show. Well, yeah, I, maybe. I wish, I wish these guys wouldn't express themselves as much. Like, there's some people who, when they express themselves, it's just the same boring dog shit that's inside of everybody. And then some people. Oh do yeah, it. like don't you hate the people who try to sound deep but like, but all they end up doing is sounding like college freshmen yeah i yeah. i read a book well i didn't so much read a book but like you know i saw quotes from a book on a website and we need there we need to start a revolution yeah when and we were like that we were college freshmen like when we became college what well, a second semester of college freshmen i was like you know fuck all this intellectual business let's write a sitcom so we wrote a sitcom and then I became douchey and again. We, and we became millionaires because of that. I wish we had. Um, <laughs> I, I make up my own stuff sometimes. We, we did a sitcom and it was wildly popular and we had sex with several million beautiful women. You know what though? If we were college freshmen... And they all gave me blumpkins. If we were college freshmen a year ago and working on a show, I guarantee by now we would have made it. Like our, We've always been a little bit ahead of our time. Because, like, like that's when we could have done a cool web show. When we were in college, YouTube wasn't necessarily a strong thing yet. As a matter of fact, it, it, I remember well, close, being, Yeah, it's, it's, it, like, got popular, like, when we were about to graduate. Yeah, like, you, like, and if, like, if you imagine, like, if we had been in, like, if we were college sophomores coming in this year, like, we would be so much more equipped to do something with what we're doing now. Like, we're just now starting to learn about podcasting and doing web shows and stuff. Imagine like if, if we were like 20, 19 or 20 and you know, we're, we're still, somebody else is still paying for us to live. <laughs> uh, and we didn't have like, have to go to jobs and stuff. We could blow off a class or yeah. You know what I'm saying? Though? Like, like it seems like we, we could do a lot and we will blow, <laughs> would blow off classes. We blew off a lot of classes to play Uno. Um, I remember like, like, and this goes back to that faux intellectual college freshman, just bullshitty kind of people. Um, but that's when I discovered indie movies. <laughs> uh, and you like fucking pretentious prick. I don't watch movies. I, I watch, watch films. films. I will never say I'm a film buff. I, I use the general 
term movie. And I and my main goal for movies is to be entertained. I don't I, I that's not to say I don't like smart movies and I don't you know, wanna think about stuff. I just also want them to entertain me. I don't want to watch some French film with a clown in black and white with a clown flipping a pancake. That's not all indie films, though. Like, there's a lot of really good indie films out there. Like, for example, Moonrise Kingdom, the new indie film uh, starring Bill Murray. Uh, Edward Norton, Bruce Willis, Francis McDormand, Tilda Swindon, and just a slew of other wildly hilarious and um, just established stars. Uh, and it looks like to be, and, and this is getting like great reviews, and because it's on Hulu Plus every like 10 seconds I'm watching it, I have to go see this. It's already being dubbed. You, did, you didn't want to see year. it at first, but Hulu has brainwashed you into thinking that you need to see it. I did want to see it, but like I, now I have to go see it in the theaters. And uh, it's written and directed by Wes Anderson, uh, who uh, directed the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, Rushmore, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Uh, he's just, he's had sleeper hit after sleeper hit. They're all kind of weird indie films. Uh, like I said, Moonrise Kingdom is a new one. Uh, but he's got like a cool, it's just like, it's a very cool style. Everything's very subdued. But at the same time though, it's, it's just weird enough. Um, like going through like his list of stuff he's, he's written and directed. I've not seen a lot of it. But I've seen Rushmore, that's an amazing film. Real Bombs is really good. Life Aquatic, I had to watch twice for me to get it, but once I got it, I loved it. Um, uh, Darjeeling Limited, I didn't like as much, but it was still okay. Uh, Hotel Chavillet, meh. Fantastic Mr. Fox was great, though. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. It wasn't fantastic, it was just great. Shut up. It was good. Um, <laughs> uh, but I really do uh, think I'm going to like... Um, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, and I like indie films to a degree. Like there's a there's a lot of really cool ones out there, uh, and a lot of them have gone mainstream. Remember, uh, to a degree, Big Lebowski was an indie film. I like an indie film just as long as I don't realize that they're an indie film. Well, Juno was an indie film. Originally. Yeah, like I, I don't like the indie film like where they're they're trying to like just be artsy fartsy. Yeah, what, what, I, I agree with that. I can agree because like a lot of indie films, it just seems like they're trying too hard. It's like yeah. Take that mainstream America. That's right. We I like the way there. the Coen Brothers do it with like Fargo or oh, Burn dude. After Reading. <laughs> I do love the Coen Brothers, but I I have an interesting. Uh, I read something interesting about them and Bill Murray the other day. It turns out the only reason that Bill Murray did uh, the Garfield movie is because like he accidentally misheard the name of the uh, director on it and he thought it was one of the Coen brothers. Oh my <laughs> god! Because I, I think the guy who directed uh, Garfield, his name was like Joel Cohen, and he thought it was one of the Coens. And he's like, oh yeah, those guys are great. Cause like, <laughs> and he said it's the biggest uh, mistake of his life. That's his biggest That's regret. That's a really cool... <laughs> Like, I, just, I love Bill Murray. He's done a lot of cool indie films over the last little while. Like, Life Aquatic was really good. Uh, you never saw Lost in Translation, but it was, like, Scarlett Johansson's first big film. And, uh, like, he played an older man who had, like, this weird emotional affair with her. And, like, it wasn't it wasn't sure whether or not it was, like, a, an unrequited father-daughter bond or something romantic. But it was such a cool, but, like, weird film. A lot of these indie films, uh, they're uncomfortable to watch sometimes. 
Like, Garden State's uncomfortable as hell to watch. Oh, yeah. That's... Like, it reminds me of the first time I ever saw Annie Hall. Like, Woody Allen perfected uncomfortable filmmaking. Like, because the whole time you're, like, watching a Woody Allen film, like, you're on the edge of your seat going, ah, well, something needs to happen in this, or something needs to change, or, no, Alvy, quit talking to her. And it's, like, it's just cool filmmaking, but... Like, this whole awkward thing in indie films, like, where everything's awkward and everyone kind of looks at each other, I'm, a, I'm over it to a degree, but some things are still... I think it works sometimes, but, like, people overuse it. It's like, let's have every scene be awkward. Well, like, like there's some people who are really good at it, like... Uh, Greg Daniels is really good about putting it in the office. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is amazing doing it. Zoe Deschanel's pretty good at the whole... Uh, she does, like, an awkward thing where she's gonna talk and talk and talk until things aren't awkward anymore... And then everyone else around her is just awkwardly silent. And, like, that works well together. But it, sometimes it's just done poorly in indie films. Uh, but Bill Murray looks great. Yeah, like I said, it's, sometimes it seems like they're trying too hard. It's like... Yeah, well, and Moonrise Kingdom looks really weird. Like, it looks like it's set, like, not on this planet, but in a version of this planet. Um, and it looks like a... It lo- like, and I've always felt like Wes Anderson does his films as almost like a parody of how... Like some like how how un- abnormal normal is, and like it's it's so it's such a strange way to do a film. But I've always really enjoyed his work, and I think Moonrise Kingdom is going to be really good. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. Or don't. Or don't. I mean, well, I, I, we're life. not we're not the bosses of you. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but Bill Murray is awesome. He really is, and it saddens me he's not going to be in Ghostbusters three. Well, that's his own fault. It really is. Like, I kind of understand when he's what, what he says. Like, he just doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Because I understand, like, to go from doing Ghostbusters, arguably one of the greatest films ever created, to doing Ghostbusters 2, which was, meh, pretty good. But not it didn't have, like, capture the same, like, spirit, uh, pun intended, uh, that... I will kill you. That the first one inhabited. Like, I understand. And Bill Murray was only in Ghostbusters because John Belushi died. That was the only reason, because originally Belushi was going to be the uh, the John. Think of how much of it, how different the, the movie would be with him in it. It would be well, and like uh, Bill Murray improved a lot of his lines um, in Ghostbusters one and two, and like I think that wasn't going to be the case for the third one. And uh, somebody, and this was at a con recently, was like, "You know, Bill Murray just needs to get over himself. He's not that great of an actor." And I was like, well, "I was like, you shut the fuck up." He's like, "No." Ghostbusters is what made him popular. And I was like, to hell it did. He had hit after hit before Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters established him, but Bill Murray was on his way anyways. Well, yeah, he was very popular with Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Saturday Night Live, Stripes. I thought Stripes came after Ghostbusters. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, one of the uh, one of the negotiation, negotiating points for him being in Ghostbusters was that he would get to star in Stripes. Actually, you might be right. Actually, maybe confused on that because I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I want to think I saw that. Like, he was like, "Okay, well, I'll do this, but I got a star in another movie." Uh, well, of course, he had Groundhog's Day. Yeah, but that was uh, that was long after Groundhog's was Day was early. Well, 90s. But my thing is, like, he he's been in a lot of stuff, and even though, like. I guess even though Ghostbusters kind of like made him a household name, he was on his way to being a household name before that. Um, oh, he was in Get Smart. I didn't realize that. Did you know he was in, in Get Smart? I did not realize that. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. All right, before 
No, he did Stripes in 1981. Gus Fisher didn't come out to 1984. He was in Caddyshack before he was in... Um, so I guess... I'm going to go back to the beginning of his filmography. All right, for you, him... You don't have to read everything he did. No, no, Because I know that's what you want to do. That's, 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 I can feel it. You're like, I'm going to read verbatim his rap uh, He was in Meatballs before he was in Ghostbusters. He was in... And I'm not reading all of them. He was in... Or the Buffalo Roam. He did SNL in 75, Caddyshack in 80, Loose Shoes in 80. In 81, he did Stripes. Um, he did Tootsie in 82. And Ghostbusters in 84. Uh, so he was already an established name before that. Uh, and then, like he, of course, like he took some time off. In 93, he did Groundhog Day. Uh, in 91, he did... Um, what about Bob? Scrooged. Scrooged may have been uh, the the film he wanted to, to be uh, the main character. And I can't really see that being that big of a thing. But he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look that up again. Because I, I could have swore it was uh, Stripes, but it might have been something else. Or, or unless they negotiated it like really fucking in advance. Well, l- looking through his... Um, Looking through his filmography, though, he's been in a lot of Wes Anderson stuff. Uh, he was in uh, Life Aquatic, Darjeeling Limited. Um, he was in World Tenenbaums. Actually, I think he's been in all Wes Anderson stuff, for the most part. He's in Rushmore. Uh, wow, I'm going to go back. I guess it's one of those things that you just don't notice. Or you just don't, like, I guess, put two and two together with it. Um, what's, what's What are your favorite indie films? I... Like I said, I like the indie films that I don't realize are indie films. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to pull up a list. I, I, I do like the Coen brothers. Uh, I like the stuff that they've seen. So, uh, I, I, is, is Lebowski a uh, indie film? Uh, I consider it uh, an indie film. I'm, then I'm going to go with the the big Lebowski, the Grand Lebowski. The Grand Lebowski. All right, I'm going to go through. Oh God, this is 50 of them. This is too many to go through. We'll, we'll do a top 10. Alright, uh, well, it starts off with number one. Uh, oh, good. Um, we'll start at one and work our way down. Oh, this is one of those you have to go through. I'm going to go through the ones like I know you probably have seen. You haven't seen Mean Streets. I have not. The streets are too mean for me. Mean Streets is a good movie, though. Reservoir Dogs was an indie film. Okay, I did like Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs was amazing. That was a good movie. I, I, like, uh, I, I really like Tarantino and his writing style. So. Donnie Darko. Uh, I'm not... I didn't dislike it. I love <laughs> Donnie Darko. It was, uh, I'm, I found it interesting, but, uh, oh. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I liked it either. This one's going to fucking piss you off when you hear that it's an indie film. 1984's classic. Directed by James Cameron. A story, a fond story, a romantic story. About 84 a, and James Cameron, it has to be Terminator. Yes, Terminator. <laughs> I was going to build it up, a boy and his killer robot. <laughs> Or I guess Sarah Connor. Well, yeah, is killer yeah. Uh, John Connor isn't in there. Yeah, that is, well, he is. No, he is, but not as a boy. Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Evil Dead was an indie film. Okay. All well, three Evil Deads were indie films. Well, there were only two Evil Deads. That is true. Army of Darkness isn't real. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, I get. Well, I, with the shit you're listening out, I guess I fucking love indie films. Well, you like old indie films. New indie films are kind of. Not as good. Like, a lot of Spike Lee's early stuff were indie, were indie films. Uh, a lot of early George Romero were indie films. Um, 
But I'm kind of just blurring through the list now. Lost in Translation, of course, which I do recommend you see at some point. It's a very deep, uh, emotional film without being a deep, emotional film. Uh, I do think you'd like it. And we're not going to spend all day doing this either. Um, well, now I want to spend all day doing it because my world has been turned upside down. Do you really want to do more of it? Memento? Oh, I love Memento. Yeah, that, that's, that, a, that's a that good... Was, that was... I really fucking love how they told that story in reverse. That was awesome. I thought that was great. Um, I'm going to get through ones like I think you know. Uh, Slacker. Have you ever seen Slacker? I have not. It was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. Well, I didn't like it a lot, but I did like it. Uh, I, whatever this is, I think I want to see it now. It's called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, uh, 1971, uh, directed by Marvin Van Peebles. I think I've heard it. I haven't seen it, but I... I... Actually, no, the reason why I heard of it is because there's a Simpsons uh, episode with a, with that title. Uh, I think Seymour Skinner's Badass Song. Oh, uh, Clerks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He shot that for like $25. No, he had to have shot it for at least hundred grand. I think it's been well established. Uh, I've never seen Drugs for a Cowboy, but it actually kind of I, I heard that, like, in order to raise that money, he just, like, got a bunch of uh, credit cards and maxed them all out. Yeah, I have heard that. Which is kind of the way to do it. <laughs> well, he, he more than made it back, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because Clark's was... I think Clark's was, like, the, the indie film that, that carried indie films into the 90s. Or, like, established them as, like, a, a viable media again. Well, like, Tarantino did a lot of, of work to do that, too. Okay, now we're like like in the middle of the list, and there's a bunch I don't know. Easy Rider, have you seen that? No, that's good. Um, oh, okay, I saw Shortcuts, but I thought it said Short Circuits. Oh, I love Short Circuit. Short Circuit. I don't know if that's an indie <laughs> film though. It probably you, isn't, but it's a great movie. I'm just I'm gonna go with that. Short Circuit is my favorite indie film. Have you seen The Usual Suspects? No, actually, it's a really good movie. You should watch that. Uh, I'm not gonna tag all these either because we're talking about a lot of movies like really really quickly. I kind of sort of like new uh, indie films too. Like, uh, like I think I'm gonna like Moonrise Kingdom, and um, I really think like, um, oh, it's not letting me advance pages anymore. What about movie uh, Safety Not Safety Not Guaranteed? I think that'd be really good. Uh, of course, I like Juno. Uh, I just I like indie films thought, as like a thing. I thought Juno was all right. It wasn't. What? Well, it's not worth all the fuss. Yeah. Bean John Malkovich. Haven't seen it. Amazing film. I think you would absolutely love this. I, show I, I think I've men- we've mentioned this on the show before. Yeah. It's been in my uh, it's been in my instant queue for like a year or two now. I just haven't watched it. Gross Point Blank. I haven't seen it. Um, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> haven't seen it. Oh come no, on. That, that's a lie. I love Shaun of the Dead. It's, Dazed it's, and Confused. It's up there. Haven't seen Dazed and Confused. Oh god, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you should really see Dazed and Confused. Um, God, there's so much stuff in here I don't know. Like movie. So I guess you're not the indie fan that you thought you were. Well, there's a bunch. There's someone here. I I'm, do, I'm but so I don't indie. I'm so indie that my indie films. Little Miss aren't Sunshine. Even Haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. I think you should watch that. That is a, a fucking great movie. Nah, it has uh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. I've seen far. Rolling. I've seen far too many bad Steve Carell movies. Like one of my. I, f- I think the only two Steve Carell movies <laughs> I've enjoyed has been Forty Year Old Virgin and Anchorman. Um, have you seen the preview for Anchorman 2? No. All, all, we're going to watch it as soon as we know this fucking all podcast. All I've seen is like what he said on Conan about it. But I am i don't need to see anything. I'm sold. I'm going... Um, I'm, I'm, I've already pre-ordered my ticket for Anchorman 2. I'm like, I... 
It really doesn't matter. I'm going to see this movie and I'm probably going to love it. Texas Chainsaw? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm The not, original. I, I, I saw Still it. Still don't like it? I, I, I'm, I'm it's not, okay. I'm not a big horror fan. I don't like... Uh, Black Swan, the 2011 Natalie Portman vehicle, was an indie film. I haven't seen it, but I, I do want to see her making... Uh, Natalie Portman making out with Mila Kunis. I, yeah, I'll watch that too. Uh, but I, I guess the point is, like, there's a lot of cool indie films out there. Uh, and and there, there's a lot of stuff that it, that are indie films that you don't really notice that are. Like Terminator. Like Terminator, you would never have known, of course. Juno. Uh, well, no, still... Juno, Juno was very obviously an indie movie. See, I, I like the feel of movies like Juno, but then, like, there's sometimes, like, that, like, well, there's there's indie copycats. Uh, like, like there, there were, like, 10 or 15 versions of Juno after Juno. Uh, The Wrestler, the 2009, um, Mickey Rourke. Oh, that was, vehicle. That, was that was good. I'll probably never watch it again, but I enjoyed oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess, and to, to, to give us some, um, I guess some perspective, uh, I'm gonna give you a list of indie films that are coming out, uh, very soon. Okay. Uh, of course, Moonrise Kingdom. Yes. We've established that looks great. Yes. Already being dubbed Film of the Year. But it's wrong. Because The Avengers is the Film of the Year. Emma Watson's The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, I love wallflowers. And how they're on the wall. Have you ever read the book? No. Um, uh, Django Unchained. Well, you gotta unchain him. That's just bad manners to leave him chained. Your sister's sister, which I know nothing about. Is <laughs> I hope it's sister sister that one show from the early nineties with Tia and Tamara awesome. <laughs> about those two twins that were separated at birth, but then uh, <laughs> their foster parents moved in together. Sister sister. Now Michelle Williams, uh, who is if I'm not mistaken, Charlie Day's wife, is in a film uh, called Take This Waltz. It's an indie film with. Uh, so I think Sarah Silverman's in this one. If I'm not mistaken, this is the one where she and Sarah Silverman do full frontal nudity in a shower together. The waitress. Yep, I think that's the waitress. Wait, that that is the waitress, correct? That's the waitress. That's the waitress. Uh, I think this is the film she's doing with uh, Sarah Silverman. I have to double check and look. Beast of the Southern Wilds coming out. Um, there's just a, a lot of other stuff to Roam with Love, which is the new uh, Ellen Page vehicle. Uh, Snap a Cash and Killer Joe. Robot and Frank looks actually really funny. Um, but, like, remember, any film gave us Zach Galifianakis uh, with Visioneers. Uh, There's also this really cool uh, indie film he was in. Um, Called The Hangover. No, it's, 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 it's kind of a funny story is the name of it. And he plays a, a guy who's in a mental institution. And it's really, like, breakthrough acting for somebody like him who, like, you know as a, con- as a just, like, a comedian guy, like a guy who's always doing a comedy, uh, but it's like breakthrough acting for him. And I think an indie film gives, um, a spe- like somebody like, like ripped me a new one about Bill, oh, not Bill Murray, uh, Will Ferrell's, uh, Everything Must Go film. It's like, it's like, oh, if you like Will Ferrell, you, you will hate this movie. He's not that funny in it and it's kind of serious. And I'm like, you know, that's the point of an indie film is like, it's a film that, you know, the actor really didn't get paid that much money to do. They went to do it because it's art. Or they wanted to do it because it expresses something different or it gives them a change. Like, Zach Galifianakis would be playing versions of Alan from The Hangover uh, for years to come, but, like, it seems like, like he, he does more indie films because he's allowed to experiment, 
to change the characters that he plays. With that being said, he's got a hilarious movie coming out soon with Will Ferrell that I cannot wait to see. Have you heard about it? No, I have not. Um, it's, um, I think it's called The Candidates. But him and Will Ferrell are running against one another for local government. Or it might be state-level government. But uh, he, Zach, Galifianakis, Zach Galifianakis actually plays his brother Seth Galifianakis in this movie. Or a version of Seth Galifianakis. Where he's like this super nice but somewhat effeminate guy, and oh, I think I, uh, um, he did one stand-up special where uh, clips of him doing stand-up was cut with uh, Brian Unger interviewing his brother. Yes, <laughs> and it was really because, like, at one point he was talking about like it's like like how he hated him and his brother never got along except for the Fugees. It's like. So- <laughs> So the band the Fuji's brought you two together. It's like, well, not not so much the band. It's, it's just that one song. So you guys would listen to that song. What? Nah, it was just riding home from the airport one time. It was playing that song. You went, hey, I like that song. I tell you what, though, like, in, and I guess to to wrap it up because we are we that are running low on time. Milo Hart's indie movies, and apparently and we'll, and we'll, so does Stormy. <laughs> Stormy begrudgingly Hart's indie movies. Yay! Don't tell anyone. Um, keep, keep that to your damn selves. Uh, but to wrap it up, like, like uh, there are so many actors out there who I think we, we really get to see good things from. Uh, that we, I mean, and it gives them a chance to do more with their craft and to, to do something, I think, sometimes extraordinary with their craft. Like, uh, when I was in college, one of the most profound film experiences was Garden State. Like, I'd never seen anything like it. And... Like, it, 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 it made me feel things I didn't know you could feel. Uh, a lot of it was anxiety. <laughs> uh, but granted, like, and I wouldn't have thought that, you know, uh, Zach Braff from Scrubs would be capable of something like that. Uh, but he does a lot of cool, like, indie film stuff, and he's such a dynamic, I guess, entertainer. Well, I, th- I guess he's forced to do indie film stuff because he's from New Jersey. Yeah, that, yeah, it's like indie film headquarters. You you either have to be a uh, Guido or an indie filmmaker. Those are the only two people in New Jersey. Uh, but like the, they like we always hear like like, and I know you've had a big problem with Michael Bay's mainstream success. Uh, I would like to shove my dick into his eye. And there's so many films out there that are made that you're like, what the fuck was this even? Like, how is this even a fucking movie? Uh, but indie films show us uh, stories we wouldn't necessarily get. Like, Safety Not Guaranteed is going to be one of the coolest premises for a movie I've ever seen. Like, and it's so just... And you're, I'm kind of just like, how the fuck do you even come up with that? Like, as an idea. Close Encounters of the Third Kind was uh, was not like a mainstream release film. Like, Steven Spielberg made it on a shoestring budget. Um, like, the indie film, like... Does so many cool things. Indie film does everything. I think this is going to be our indie film episode. Uh, well, about half of it was on indie films. Yeah, first half of it was The on. other half was you trying to establish your uh, metal credentials. Well, I we t- like we, the metal! We talked a lot about the new the new stuff going on in the comedy scene and some stand-ups. Uh, yeah. we, uh, this, was, this was a full episode. It really was. We did a lot of stuff. Yeah, we did too much stuff. I need yeah. to go. And this wasn't even going to be like what we were going to talk about. It's kind of just no, uh, it, yeah, there. it happened. So yeah, we're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no more for up. We'll record another show after this, and another show, and another show, and then we won't have to work again for a year. 
That'll be, unless something like breaking happens. <laughs> uh, Alright, well folks, that has been our show tonight. Um, we appreciate you joining us. You should tell them where they can find us again. You can find us, if you'd like to ever hear us again, on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube at Plain Clothes Heroes. You can find us on WordPress at plainclothesuperheroes.wordpress.com. You can find us on Fox FM 101.9 FM, the Redneck Riviera's place for underground metal. And you can um, find Stormy on Match.com. He's looking for a lovely yes, lady. Yes, he is. Just type in Stormy. Find us on Stormageddon, and you'll find. Find us on Facebook at Plain Clothes Superheroes. Follow us at PCSH on Twitter. Uh, and of course, as always, if you want to email us about some of your random thoughts, can guarantee you we'll get back to you on time. But we will do our best. You can we'll, we'll email eventually, us at, eventually we'll read it and go, oh, thank you. You can uh, email us at plainclothesuperheroes at gmail.com. Um, but as always, this is Milo Allen coming at you with some smooth overtones of jazz. <laughs> Stormy says stay clubbed and stay super. <laughs> Good night, guys.